You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, and I'm joined with my good friend, the traveling backwoods Baptist and dandelion tea drinking preacher, Harold Smith. Harold, you are the traveling preacher, and he's holding up his uh, dandelion tea. I'd never heard of it before, but uh, you just got back from a uh, trip out in the Appalachians and uh, out in Virginia. What were you doing there? I was um, I was near Appomattox, where Appomattox Courthouse is, where the oh, kind yeah. of beginning of the end of the Civil War. That's where Lee surrendered the Army of Northern Virginia to Grant. So very historic area. The church that I went out there to work with is a 200-year-old church. They're going to celebrate their 200th anniversary this July. They've been without a pastor for a couple of years, so I went out there just to work with the committee and maybe give them some pointers, point out some things in the church that they could address, maybe find the right pastor. And then I stopped at the Amish store and was just, I don't know, just going to buy some junk. And <laughs> I, I, I bought Dandy Blend and it's wow. like dandelion root. And I don't know, I, I, I made a cup. I thought it would be a joke. Like I'd substitute it in people's coffee and whatnot and see what mm-hmm. happened. Now I like it. So I'm going to end up drinking it all myself and not sharing. Oh, wow. But you just could not resist it, huh? I may drink this for a few days and shave my mustache off and go full Amish. Who knows? <laughs> That's funny. So you were out there. Um, you Tell us about your ministry there. You're trying to help this church. Uh, they're without a pastor, and they right. they need some help with leadership. Right. Well, what happens a lot of times is the churches that I usually work with um, are in some type of trouble, you know, uh, sometimes a pastor will leave abruptly, sometimes for sin reasons, you know, and the, the church is just caught flat footed and they don't know how to really get, get off the ground and, and try to find their next pastor. Mm-hmm. Even at other times, a church may struggle to keep a preacher. You know, I pastored Lee Creek for 14 years in Van Buren. And, and when I came there, the church was 13 years old. I was their sixth pastor. So, yeah. I mean, they were cycling preachers every three years on mm-hmm. average. So I just kind of got a knack for helping churches with those kinds of problems, you know, either not keeping a pastor or not finding one. I would look at it from a pastor's perspective because I I don't really think people in the pew understand this man that we're talking to is going to pull his kids out of school. Mm -hmm. His wife is potentially, you know, going to quit her job. They're going to relocate to another area, maybe even another state. And he's going to find a job. She's going to find a job. Maybe he's, the church is going to pay him enough to live on. But there's a lot of real consideration that the pastor needs to consider. Yeah. And so a lot of what I do is I just point out things in the church that they can address and fix so that when the pastor arrives, he's not just starting from ground zero. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they need government. Maybe they need some structure where they, you know, they have a footing and, and how to operate on, or maybe, maybe they've got issues within the church that need to be addressed. You know, maybe yes. they got sin issues, who knows, you know, maybe they just got a bad reputation. Every church is different, but 
I think the Lord's just given me discernment in these areas. And uh, I always just tell people, I'm just a fresh set of eyes looking at an old problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have right. baggage. I'm not from there. I've got a knack for being honest, even if it hurts your feelings. So mm-hmm. I guess the Lord's gifted me. I did this and pastored. It just got to the point that the church was growing, that I was pastoring, and this ministry was growing, and I couldn't do both. So I just yeah. made the transition kind of to a missionary status out of Lee Creek, uh, the church I used to pastor. I'm now a missionary out of that church. Mm-hmm. And um, that enables me. I'm supported by uh, a number of other churches, even churches that I've helped have become my supporters. And so, um, it enables me to travel around free of charge and help churches that need it. That's good. So you're like a John the Baptist, uh, a forerunner, preparing the way for Minus the next the preacher. animal skins and camel hair belt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I could have used you in a couple of churches I pastored, I promise you, to be a forerunner. I, I'm kind of a sacrificial lamb. I go there and make everybody mad, make all the big right. changes. They hate me, and then they love their pastor. Yes. Uh, yeah. But in the end, they usually end up loving me too because the churches I help end up becoming my supporters, it seems like, right. at the time. So that's good. Yeah. I, and I look, I enjoy it. I don't, you know, I'm gone a lot, but, um, and, and it seems like every church I help, I want to pastor them. You know, I, I want to be, so, I want to help them to the point that I'll just come here myself and I'll try mm-hmm. to turn, you know, but I can't. I mean, this right. is what God's gifted me to do. My, my, my role needs to be going around helping churches find healthy pastors. There's a great need for that for sure. Yes. Well, let's get into our topic today as we're talking about, um, uh, the, the blessings of Christianity and our, our topic, our title of this episode is Christ or chaos. And, um, it seems like we're seeing just the preview of some of the chaos that incurs when a nation forgets God and uh, tries to eradicate God. Um, you know, you think about it everywhere. The gospel has been, has germinated and, and blossomed. Think about the blessings that occur to those nations that, uh, uh, that embrace Christianity. Morality goes up. Decency goes up. Um, biblical Christianity, Christian nations just do better. Yes. It's a, it's a fact. Um, and it's sad to see this erosion of our country who was founded upon Christian values and principles, um, have this mindset that we have to rid everything. Um, so that's, that's our topic. And we're, uh, we don't have like an outline, uh, necessarily, but, um, I know this is something that's heavy upon my heart. I know Harold's as well, uh, seeing the erosion of such things. Um, Harold, is this something that, you know, obviously you're seeing yourself, but what can we do uh, to stop this erosion right. from happening so quickly? Well, this this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart. We could see a real revival. You know, the way yeah. you judge a real revival is by dis- seeing what you just described, a church, a, a, a nation where God has. Uh, where, I, I, just, I would say it this way. I, I don't believe in Christian nationalism to the point that, you have a state-ran church. But if you have a nation where there are a large number of biblically functioning churches, that nation uh, tends to be prosperous and tends to be generous and helping other nations. Mm -hmm. And that's what America has been known for and even to some degree is still known for. 
What you could see in a real revival is years later, you would see the immoralities gone. You know, a real revival leads to holiness. It doesn't just Mm -hmm. lead to a big show where, you know, the news media shows up and says, hey, they're having a revival over here. The way you judge a revival is over time you look at it. Yeah. You can see that something happened during this time frame and the whole community was better off for it. Sure. The same with a nation when there is a high number of Bible believing Christians in a nation, even a majority of the population would profess faith in Christ. You would see a nation that is generous, has love for mankind, values human life, because these are all things that are taught in scripture. Mm hmm. When you take a nation away from a high view of of God or a biblical outlook on life, you end up with a humanistic view or some other religion, maybe an Islamic view. Um, And when you end up with this other religious view that doesn't have these same things that come from God, you end up with a different outlook. All of a sudden, it's survival of the fittest. It's every man for himself. It's get all you can get. You'll end up in some form of communism or some dictatorship. Uh, you'll see a lot of oppression, but the key mm-hmm. in it, you know, the second greatest commandment in scripture is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. Other religions don't have that command. They may say, do good. They may say, try harder. Yeah. Christianity is a religion based upon generosity and love for fellow man. Yes. When that is carried out, a nation is better <clears throat> off for it. That's right. You know, it's uh, these people who want to uh, try to eradicate uh, Christian values from our nation have no idea what they're doing and how uh, horrible it's really going to eventually be upon them. You think about it in, in, in Christian nations, it is those nations that start hospitals and start schools um, everywhere. The gospel has gone and uh, Christian nations have been established. It's brought about the end of demonism, cannibalism, mm-hmm. uh, child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And and listen, even chattel slavery. Um, if you'll read the story of Wilbur, Wilbur Force, who um, in England, because of his Christian uh, values, is what brought about the end of slavery in England. And I believe that in time, in America, it would have ended without a war. Yeah. And, um, wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, you know, it's the spread of the gospel and Christian values that have built orphanages, uh, and have reached out to comfort those who are hurting. Look, look at what's happening in Turkey. Some 50,000 possibly killed in that earthquake. Well, who is there to help? Samaritan's Purse, Christian organization. Yeah. How many Muslim countries are sending over their organization of helps to help other countries like this. They don't. Right. Yeah. We we have to remember the red cross began as a Christian institution. Yes. If you look in most areas, you're going to find your hospitals, your medical systems have the name St. John's St. Jude's mercy, Baptist health, Methodist health. These were Mm. all started by religious groups and it, it is always the Christians that start these institutions. Look at our great colleges. We we have prestigious schools. We call Ivy League schools. Every mm-hmm. single one of them started by Christians to train ministers for the ministry. 
Yeah. It is always Christians that have promoted health. It's always Christians that have promoted education. It, this is just the natural outflowing. And the reason is the Bible is very clear that mankind is created in the image of God. So Christians believe that every other human being, whether they're a Christian uh, or, or a Mormon or a Muslim or an atheist or a Hindu or a Buddhist, they still are image bearers of God and they're worthy mm -hmm. of our dignity and respect. Yes. Since we have that view towards all mankind, you don't get that outside of Christianity. If you're a Muslim, everyone else is an infidel, unless they're a Muslim. Right. If you believe in karma, you're just serving other people for selfish interests so that you can receive good karma. If you are a, a Marxist, you're just trying to promote the state and do what's better for them. Mm -hmm. So what we end up with is Christianity is the best social uh, system in the world. Even though we don't regulate it, we don't force it, we, we don't mandate it. I mean, you and I, Wade, are Baptists. We believe right. in the individual liberty of conscience or individual soul liberty. We don't force people to go to church. We don't force people to be Christians. We believe in the separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, if you take that mindset out, here's what you're left with. The secularist view says we evolved. We all started with cosmic chaos, a big bang. Yeah. Chaos started us and chaos controls us. And so to take the title Christ or chaos, if you reject Christianity and you reject, and you don't have to have a Christian school, but I mean, a, a, an understanding of God, our forefathers were not all Christians, right? But they all believed there was a God, a creator that, that they were accountable to. Yes. This is why they wrote in God's name on their documents. This is how in God we trust ended up on our money in the last century, right? These this general ideology separates us from this atheistic evolutionary process. If we're in evolution, it is just survival of the fittest. It's, it's play stupid games, win stupid prizes. It's let yeah. the weak fall away. We're advancing race. We're advancing society. That ideology leads to racism. That ideology is what fueled Nazism. This is what, this is what right. prompted Hitler to excommunicate Jews whom he believed to be subhuman. And this is what prompted him to be a racist. This is why they tried to promote the Aryan society with blue eyes and blonde hair and certain features because they believed in evolution and they thought they were ushering in a better time for the world. Mm -hmm. This is what you end up with when you take God out of society and replace it with humanism. Yes. Yes. And it's so noticeable when you look at the public schools and you know, the cry to separate church and state and uh, let's rid public schools of prayer and Bible reading. Let's rid public schools of hanging the, the Ten Commandments upon the wall. Well, after all these years of removing those such uh, those things, are we better? No. I mean, that's just ridiculous to think that we're somehow better because of it. Uh I don't know. It's, it's mind boggling to me why why there's such a hatred. It shouldn't be a mind boggling because we know the Bible tells us that Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. But this mindset of we want to be free of religion, that's a lie. You just want to be a free of Christianity. You want to be free in your mind of God 
But in reality, you're creating another religion, a secular religion and a false religion. And uh, certainly we're not any better. We're much worse as our nation is just con- continuing to see this erosion. Really tough to see. Yeah, it, it's a lack of respect for authority. You see, in an organized society, you have authority. In an unorganized society, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I think one of the great cases that you can make for mankind being created in the image of God is a appreciation of beauty and a need for structure and organization. Yeah. If we really just evolved, Wade, then then why do we make music? Why do we paint art? You know, monkeys aren't yeah. doing that. They have no appreciation of beauty. Uh, they don't understand any of those things. Also, they don't have government <laughs> other than a local tribe where they rule out of fear and the, the chief monkey gets all the bananas. They don't understand health care. They don't understand community. They don't understand law enforcement. They don't understand right. judges and government and leaders and all of this is evidence that we come from a God of order and structure. And the fact that we have all this and mankind doesn't want it. And he mm-hmm. doesn't want this outside influence. He doesn't want discipline. He doesn't want any, he doesn't want to be accountable to anybody other than mom and dad. And he really don't want to be accountable to them. So you end up with a public school system that has no ability to discipline its children anymore. Yeah. So from a very early age, I can remember kids in school whose parents never spanked them, but they learned discipline at school because the school would paddle them. Mm -hmm. I can remember moms coming down there. You know, you don't have no right to spank my kid. You know, he's my little boy never done anything wrong. Your son's the worst kid in the whole class. Mm -hmm. And so he learned discipline through the school system, but now we've removed corporal punishment from the school system. Yeah. Now we just count to three or hold our breath or I don't, I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> write them a little card and at, at the end of the week, you, you know, you get a check mark yeah. by your name. Right. I, I do know what they're doing. My wife teaches school and, and this is a frustration. There's no teeth in the punishment. You just threaten yeah. and nothing happens. So yeah. now we've graduated these kids from a public school system. Mom and dad didn't discipline schools. Didn't discipline. The next system of correction is the police department. Wait, hmm. What has happened to our police departments in America today? Mm-hmm. Have we as a society not sided with the criminal over and over and over again? Oh, yeah. Blame the police department for doing their jobs. Right. And this is all going back to a despising of having a God over us, living under a government instituted by God, uh, being accountable to society, being accountable to our fellow man. And all of these things are prescribed in scripture for a healthy life. Submission to your parents, parents uh, correcting the children with a rod, with a spanking. Uh, All of these things could be corrected with just basic. You don't have to be a Christian. Just basic understanding there is a God. He created us. This is his world. We live on it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, let me me just quickly say I'm, I'm glad I found out that I'm not the only one that got a spanking in school. (laughs) <laughs> a spanking i got multiple I got spankings. many spankings especially in high school it's uh and i'm a baptist preacher you're a baptist preacher and uh, a lot of people are shocked when they hear that but uh yeah uh, i wasn't always a preacher okay my sanctification but, uh, has come a long ways yes it has it really has but it, it's so true i mean it 
I was talking to a teacher in high school here in our local school, and I asked him about the discipline. He said, there is no discipline. There, There is none. I mean, we get on to kids and for breaking a rule, send them to the principal's office. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. So it's it's really sad. And you're you're so right. If if students don't learn discipline at home and if there's no discipline at school, where are they going to learn it at? They got to learn it somewhere because uh, they're going to there's going to be some form of discipline at some point in this life with the military, your job. Well, I, I used to say, if you don't spank your kids, the school will. And then I had to yeah. say, well, the school ain't spanking anymore. So if you don't spank your kids and look, I, I raised two kids. They're both in their mid twenties. I, I, I wasn't spanking them at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. We spanked them pretty regular when they were young and they learned that, you know, disobedience has consequences. They didn't want any more of that. Yeah. I was the same way. I went through school. I, my my paddlings at school was just over mischief and being around a bunch of other kids. It wasn't, you know, rebellion and 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 hatred towards teachers. And I'm still respectful of them. Mm-hmm. But I used to say, well, the school will teach them discipline. And then, no, no, the school don't do that no more. So I, I, I said, well, if you don't discipline your kids and the school don't discipline your kids, the police department will do it. Yeah. But now I have to say, Wade. We live in a society where the police department can't do it. Mm-hmm. They're being con- considered the bad guy because yeah. they're trying to make a potential criminal get his hands out of his pockets. Right, right. And the criminal is saying, you don't have the right to tell me to get my hands out of my pockets. So police mm-hmm. officers now have a guy who has who knows what in his hand, in his pockets or in his hand. Sure, sure. And he won't comply with basic commands. And the police officer wants to go home at night. And so now we, we've we've made the criminals uh, so so untouchable that you can't hardly practice law. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now guess guess what the next step of discipline is going to be for this generation? Another country is going to come in. Yeah, and it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. But if you have a country with no law, no order, no discipline, no growth, nobody has to contribute. Everybody can sit around and collect a check and we can pass the bill down the road. We'll become a weak and indebted country and some other country will move in and take us over. I'm not a prophet. I've just read history books. Oh yeah. That's what's going to happen. This country is headed for a major catastrophe at the hands of an enemy. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. Just look at the difference in nations, China, very disciplinarian. Uh, those kids, they don't break laws, and if they do, they get severely punished. But you, we see what's happening in our country when there's no now the police have their hands, by, you know, cuffed. You could say it's chaos, and especially in the major cities, they just break in a uh, jewelry store, ravage it, steal everything, walk out. Yeah. Um, doesn't make you want. It doesn't make you want to go in the jewelry business, does it? No, it does not. Yeah. That that kind of every man for himself mentality, that kind of I'm not accountable to a higher power. I, I remember one time I had a friend I worked with. I had a part time job and I pastored a church and uh, we were coming from the job and we drove past our church and some kids had done donuts, donuts in like a Jeep or something in the mm-hmm. grass beside the church. The guy that I was working with 
was not a Christian by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'd witnessed to him. He just no interest in God. We drove by and he said, what in the world? I said, man, it looked like some kids did donuts. He said, they're going to answer to God for that one day, man. I wouldn't want to be them on judgment day. This Mm -hmm. guy was not a Christian. He wasn't a Bible reader, but he believed that there was a God and he believed in a higher power. And that led him to have a certain moral compass about what's acceptable and what's not. And this guy was not a, not a saint by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But if you take a country that has no moral compass, there's no remorse for sin. There's no law that is, that is beyond society. And that's where we're quickly headed. You're going to end up in a society that is not evolving to get better, but is regressing to every man for himself. Mm -hmm. And when we end up there, we end up under the severest judgment of God. We end up under the oppression of another nation or fighting amongst ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even as we speak, we're America is under the judgment of God. I mean, it, it is. We, agree. you and I both would agree to that. Has it reached its full uh, fruition? Not yet. And I, I, I'm like you. I fear that, that in time, that something is going to happen to where our country is invaded and, and we are, uh, yeah, under the authority of another, of another country. I, I um, mean, if I, I, I shouldn't use this analogy, but I think it will help people understand if they disagree with the, with the danger of being attacked by another nation. If we, if we look at the area around us, the way nations look at other nations, okay, the way rulers look at other countries, I'm sure all of us have seen a house that was going into disrepair. You know, at one time it had a big garden and a big flower bed. And I mean, it was a really nice home. And it started to decline and to decline and to decline. And then somebody with a little bit of money and some, some drive would buy that home and bring it back and fix it up. Mm -hmm. You see this in farming communities. You'll see some really good land, really good soil used to produce a lot of crops. You get a few bad farmers, the land's not being farmed properly. Some other rich farmer, industrious farmer will say, I'm going to buy that old rundown farm and I'm going to turn it around. When this once great country that produced enough food to feed the entire world falls into disrepair, some ambitious leader, some ambitious ruler is going to look at America and go under the right management. That country could fund our wants and wishes. This is what Hitler did when he wanted to conquer Europe. This is what Napoleon did. They all looked at the weaker lands around them and said, I want that. If you think that desire to conquer and rule the world doesn't exist in the hearts of some men who lead countries. I pity your ignorance. Oh yeah. The weaker we get, the more vulnerable we get, the more attractive we are to some dictator who would like to take us over. Mm -hmm. And that person very well could be someone from within. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look what all a country would have to do is, uh, you've heard about these electric magnetic bombs, you know, Mm -hmm. it it would be some kind of a, a nuclear bomb that would go off in the upper atmosphere that would just shut down all of the power grids of our country. So there's, you can't buy, you can't get gas. Son, if you took down the electricity, electricity in our country, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's horrible. Right, but if you turn the air condition off in the summer, I'm fighting. I mean, I'm going to enlist in whatever army. That. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, here's the big question, Wade. Uh, you know, we're nearing the end 
uh, of our time together. So what's the solution? We live in a nation that doesn't believe in God, that has no interest in him. What's our only hope of getting out of this? Find a good Bible-believing church that preaches Christ. Join it, become an active member, and promote the gospel anywhere and everywhere you can. And then take that mindset back to your home and make Christ the Lord of your home. And then get involved in the community. Serve in in, uh, public office if that's what you feel led to do. Um, Be vocal. And I think the, the reason why we're so in such a mess is that for many years, Christians have just took the back seat and uh, that's just not the way it, it ought to be. Right. But certainly uh, find a good Bible believing church and because um, the, yeah. the answer is Christ. The answer is the gospel. And I always uh, go back to, to uh, Joshua and uh, he puts before Israel, you know, it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I, I can't be responsible for what the rest of my, the citizens of this country do. Mm-hmm. I can't be responsible for the direction of this country. But I can say, look, as far as Harold Smith goes, I'm going to labor to make this gospel known among men. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to live it. Yeah. I, I may die the only one, you know, but right. that's, that's my goal. I'm going to do that until the Lord returns or uh, I die, whichever comes first. Hmm. Well, it's been a joy to talk to you and visit with you, and uh, we have a lot to pray about. We we think about this uh, this subject because we do see a lot of chaos, and uh, just because we have, as a nation, have uh, neglected and forgotten the Lord, and we yeah. do pray that God would would send a true, genuine revival. And uh, we pray God's richest blessings upon you. Thank you for listening to Patriot Pastors Podcast. God bless.